welcome to the Oceans Church podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. You know, I love it how unashamed kids are, right? So after, after school most days, I've been taking the kids down to Albany to Middleton Beach for a swim, no matter what the weather. They, they, they're used to it now. We go in, we just get wet no matter what. And so one rainy day, just the other day, we're down at the beach. It's still really nice in the water. But after we came out of the water, my youngest seven-year-old son, he's running at the beach. And I kind of didn't quite notice, but he's running at the beach with his bathers and his jocks in his hands. (laughs) Completely unashamed. And simultaneously, I was both thought, gee, I need to tell him about what's appropriate, but I was kind of proud of him as well. <laughs> just, he's just unashamed. And so I was like, okay, Winter, there's certain times, and thank God it's raining, there's not many people around, so we'll, you know, talk about that later. But, you know, then when we graduate and get into adulthood, what do we do? We get more shamed. We're like, oh, oh, can't do that. But you know what? Shame is actually a form of fear, and Jesus wants us to be unashamed. Ain't got no time for fear to stop who God has called you to be and for you to do what God's called you to do, especially when it comes to our faith. When it comes to what Jesus has done for us, we should be unashamed of our, of our faith. And so the key scripture for this, this theme comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It's the key scripture for the series, and it says, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, of the good news. It's vernacular for good news. I'm not ashamed of the good news. When you've got good news, like, for example, um, Sam Dellums, he's just stoked about the Giants winning. He's just shouting it from the, from the rooftops right now. I'm not talking much about the Eagles. Did the Dockers win today? Hey? They didn't. Okay, there you go. Shame. Well, you're used to shame if you're a Dockers fan, aren't you? You, just, you, you know how to wear that. It fits well, hey? <laughs> got some... <laughs> It's good. I'm not ashamed of the good news about Jesus, for it is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, not everyone who performs, not everyone who's good enough. It's the power of God that, thank you, God shows us grace when we don't deserve it. And the interesting thing about this Greek word ashamed, right, it gives this idea that of, of, of shame that's associated with betting on the wrong thing. You know when you bet on the wrong thing or go for the wrong team? You're like, yeah, with your mates, and then they lose. You're like, oh, gee. That's the kind of shame it's talking about. Like, you know, has anyone watched the Netflix um, series called The Inventor? Um, it's about Elizabeth Holmes, the youngest self-made billionaire in the United States. In her graduate year or whatever it was at Stanford University, she founded a company called Theranos, which claimed that rather than drawing, like, vials of blood out of you to do blood tests, you could just with a single finger prick, get your blood tested and get all these results. And so people are like throwing millions of dollars and the company was worth $9 billion and she was on the front of Time magazine. But it was all a hoax. And people were invested, we bet on you. She was this beautiful young woman that everyone just believed in and it ended up being a hoax and she was jailed for 11 years for defrauding people out of $100 million. And see... This idea of shame, it's a shame that is in direct proportion to the level that you've been let down by something. But God wants us not to bet on this world. Jesus wants us to bet on Him. And as we bet on Jesus, we will never be ashamed. Jesus wants us to bet on things that are of eternal significance, not on temporal significance. And so the message that I want to speak tonight, 
and the next few weeks that we're going to be preaching on is to help to equip you to be unashamed in your pursuit of people with the love of Jesus. Because the world, who knows the world needs to, who knows the world just needs some good news. We just need some good, we just need some good news full stop. And the world needs the good news. There is a God who created them that loves them, has got a calling and a destiny for them. He can rescue them and lift them up. And so we're going to start tonight with an account. And this is an account from Jesus' life. And we're going to draw out three key principles that are going to help you to pursue people with the love of Jesus. I've got my cousin at the back there, by the way. Hi, Alicia. How are you going? Yeah, excellent. Alicia knew she came in a bit later. Then she avoid sitting in the front row. But... Sorry, you've been just called out instead. So. <laughs> so, so we're going to draw this account from three eyewitnesses. We've got Luke, Mark and Matthew, who are three of Jesus' disciples. And they all had a, an, an account of this same event. And I'm kind of smushing them together so we get one snapshot of this key event. And it begins, the story begins when Jesus gets his disciples and goes, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Come with me, fishermen. Let's jump in the boat. So they start to go to the boat to an area called the Gerasenes. And on the way there, many theologians believe that this crazy storm was actually a demonically inspired storm. They wanted to prevent them from getting to the other side. But Jesus rebuked the wind of the waves and they were able to continue to cross over. And this is where the account begins. So reading from those three accounts pushed together, this is what it said. You can read along. So it says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. And as Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. Now we're getting a bit of a bio of this guy. Let's, let's check out this guy's Instagram bio and see whether we want to follow him or not. And so it says, about this man, day and night, he wandered around homeless and naked among the burial caves, yeah, BFF, and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. No one was strong enough to subdue him. He was so violent that no one could go through the area. Not just like they had to go past him. They had to avoid the whole entire area. He was that violent. He could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Even when he was put into chains and shackles and placed under guard, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles and ran out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Cool. Good friend. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. And he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, the son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. So the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them to the bottomless pit. Now this whole next scenario is just really, really interesting. We could go into the meaning behind it, but let's not. Let's just enjoy the spectacular moment that this is and laugh at it. Jesus demanded, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many inside of us men. There happened to be a large herd of innocent pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. And the demons begged, for some reason, to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd, about 2,000 pigs, plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in water. That is a lot of bacon that is gone. Is anyone just grieving with me right now? Jake, Michael, just a few. Yeah, that's a lot of waste of bacon. I'm sorry out there, but... All right. <laughs> and when the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, spreading the news about the demon-possessed man and the pigs as they ran. Ah, spreading the news as they ran. And the entire town rushed out to see what had happened. And the crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw, we're going to finish it just here, and they saw the man 
who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. So that's what he looks like with clothes on. So what a crazy account. Here is this dude living this crazy existence and Jesus crossed the lake and now he of all people is sitting at Jesus' feet perfectly sane. So you want to just begin by letting us think about our normal lives, right? Our normal lives are full of routine and it's really good to have a routine. You know, at the beginning of the year we did a, we did a series on basically on habits and how it's good to have healthy habits in your life because the healthier your habits, the better your life. And it's good to establish good, healthy habits. And so you might have a way that you go to work every day or to school every day or you, the certain thing you eat every morning. There's all kinds of, you might drive in certain lanes on the way, certain shops you go to, certain people you hang out with and all your life is a collection of like lines or, or routines that you have. But, but what Jesus wants us to do every now and then is to break, to break out of our lanes. He wants us to cut across the lanes to colour outside the lines, oh, just set off some OCD there. To colour out, to, to break, to break out of our normal lives, to listen to the heart of God, to cross the lake at our great inconvenience, because Jesus wants to reach people through you and I. And so the first point that we can draw from this account is what Jesus wants us to do, like He did, is to cross the lake or to cross the lines. So you have good lines around your life that are put in place but every now and then we need to be available to rub out rub them out to cross the lines to cut across the maybe you can just put this to practice in the freeway anyway that just cut across those lanes just be like just randomly hi just doing what the pastor said it's awesome see this area decapolis where in, in the area of the garrisons decapolis literally means 10 cities and there's 10 cities in this whole area and one of these cities was Damascus, capital of Syria, Philadelphia, which is capital um, city of modern-day Jordan. This area was heavily influenced by Greek culture, um, Canaanite culture, where what they did to worship their god of Moloch was to sacrifice babies to the god of Moloch. It was an evil, unclean area. So the Jews, Jesus' people, saw the, this, this whole region as evil on the other side of the lake. It's like a no-go zone. We do not associate. We do not go over there. In fact, this area might have been what people thought of when Jesus told the story of the prodigal son who went and just did away with his family and spent a while in wild, crazy living. Maybe they thought of this area. And so what Jesus said, right, is essentially when he said, let's go to the other side of the lake, he said to his disciples, hey, let's leave the comfort zones, let's cut across our lines, and let's literally step into the devil's doorstep. Let's step into enemy territory. And then on the way over there, there was a storm that randomly popped up so severe that these experienced fishermen, they've probably been fishing these seas for at least a decade, they, they've seen every storm come through, but their conclusion, you can read a bit before this, is they concluded pretty much they're going to die. Jesus, you talked about us getting a crown, but now we're going to drown, hey? Yeah, there we go. You thought you knew there'd be a rhyme there somewhere, didn't you? And so for them, this is like the end of the road. Where's their crown? But now we're going to drown. So you get this, right? The devil is okay with you living a nice sanitized life. Just do your thing. Just exist over here. Live within your lanes. Live within your sanitized life. Keep your normal routines. Just don't freaking disturb my domain. Don't cross the lines. Don't cross the lake. Don't step into my territory. 
Because the moment you do, I'm going to whip up a storm of all kinds of disasters and distractions in your life and every reason why you should give up, turn around and go back to the safety of the shore of Galilee and stay the bleep out of my area because this is my domain. And you're not coming here. And so often we can start to cross and we conclude the same thing. I thought I was wearing the crown, but now I'm going to drown. But you know what? They made it across because Jesus was with them. And likewise, Jesus is with you. You can make it to the other side. Whatever it is. As I'm talking, see, these next three weeks is in the lead up. And, and our, our great desire is that you would, over the next few weeks, be bribing, I mean, inviting and bringing people to come to the Easter service so they can hear the good news about Jesus that, like this man, can set him free, that can set your friends free. Of course, you can share with them and pray them on your own. There's something powerful, though, that happens when people are brought together into the presence of God to hear the gospel, which is what Jesus... So this is what we want, we would love you to do. So begin to consider, who is it, Jesus, that you're putting in my heart? Next week, we've got invitation cards for you to bring to physically give your friends, the people at the cafe... You can write their name down. They've got all of it there. We're going to be having a Facebook event that's going to be put up this week, maybe even tomorrow. There you can start spamming your friend. I mean, inviting your friends with and etc. Individual, go for it, invitations, which would be great. And so Jesus calls us to cross. So the, so the question is, what lines is Jesus calling you to cross over? What, what, what lakes, what lines is God call, what lanes is Jesus calling you to just Six lanes across the highway, right across, to be interrupting people with the love of Jesus. So it was that great personal inconvenience that Jesus crossed the lake. What way is Jesus calling you to go out of your way to cross into enemy territory and to begin to take dominion? So you get this, you may have to do what you've never done. So you might have to do what you've never done before. Because get this, if you, do, if you keep doing what you've always done, you always get the results you've always had and you would have reached the people that you've already reached. Think about salt, salty water. If you put salt into water, it reached saturation point and the more salt you put in, it doesn't get more salty, it just piles up. Maybe you've reached saturation point with a few of your people, your friends, and putting what Jesus called us to be the salt of the earth. So get your salt and put it somewhere where you can start to dissolve it. Cross the, what areas is Jesus calling you to reach out for? Do something different. You know, I remember just, just random things. Like if, a little while ago, I was at the skate park, connected with someone. You know, sometimes you try to just do your own thing and you can't be bothered talking to people. No, it's just me. Okay. You might not think I do, but occasionally I do. Um, and and this, I began talking to this person. And then a few weeks later, I seen, seen them at the park. And I'm like, that's, that's as good as God. All right. Do you want to come to our place for dinner? A random stranger. Okay. So they come to our place for dinner and we connected with them and we got to pray with them. They invited us to their place for dinner, building a relationship with them and we'll see how the journey goes. The other day, I took my kid down to soccer and I was watching, I really couldn't be bothered talking to someone. And then my friend introduced me to someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they told me about a sore. They had an operation, kicked them out of work. And then we're preaching about the healing that Sunday in church. I'm like, okay. And Jesus is like, so what are you preaching about this Sunday? I'm like, healing? <laughs> Jesus is like, oh. yeah. hey, um, 
uh, how do you start this one? <laughs> so, hey, um, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? Pray for your tummy? <laughs> so, oh, uh, yeah, sure. I was like, can I put my hand on your tummy? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, Jesus said, lay your hand on the sick. I'm like, all right, Jesus, I just pray that I take the pain away and heal it. In Jesus' name, amen. And then I sprinted and got out of there. No, I didn't. And, um, and so I was like, hey, um, how do you know, you're trying to think of a way not to ask if it worked or not? I'm like, how would you know if you were healed or not? Like tomorrow when you test it, not now. Um, he's like, well, all I need to do is, is just, it's, a, it, it's a miracle. The pain, totally gone. And I'm like, yeah, on the inside. I'm like, yeah, that's what Jesus does. <laughs> he heals. It's like, just do something different. Who cares what people think of you? Because Jesus didn't care about his reputation. Neither should you and I care about ours. ours. You know what? Jesus was accused of eating with the sinners. Why do he eat with such scum? And Jesus wore like a badge of honor. He's like, yeah, yeah, I hang out with the sinners. You know what I loved about our Christmas service in Albany? There's a whole pack of people smoking at the front of church. I'm like, yeah, I want smokers at our church. I want all kinds of people at our church. I want, I want, I'm not saying smoking is the worst you can do at all. But I'm just saying that we, we want to be like Jesus, where all kinds of people can feel like they belong, that they can come and find the love of Jesus and not care about our own reputations, our own comfort zones, because the question is, do we love others more than our own comfort or our own reputations, or do we love and care more about who they are and where they're going to be spending, spending eternity than whether people might see us as being awkward or something like that. So number one, let's cross the lines. Everyone say, cross the lines. All right. I want to see some six-lane, you know, cutting across lanes, all right, on your way home. Great. Second point is this. No one is too far. No one, no one is too far for God. See, this guy was a wreck. He was gone. Everyone had given up on him. Everyone probably, probably just quietly thought, probably be better if he wasn't with us, really. I wouldn't say it out loud, but... And you know, there's the more compassionate members of the family that held on to the very last thread. There's always that one, hey, that holds on for the longest. And eventually she left off and, and then the agencies forgot about him. And, and, and he was completely done. Parents are tucking the kids into bed, telling them the stories about the man, the demoniac man. And in the distance, occasionally they hear the... In the distance. And parents are shutting windows, locking the doors. Because of this guy spread fear through the Decapolis. Just say Decapolis. You sound theologianistic. All right. So he was alone. But then I love the fact he had no hope. But then Jesus stepped out of the boat and into his life. And then Jesus changed everything by stepping into his life. And this man ended up being clothed, perfectly sane, sitting at Jesus' feet. Such a beautiful picture. You know, I remember a little while ago, there was this one man that I looked at him and thought, man, he's too far gone. gone. I've got no hope. Some of you have heard, heard this account, but I remember moving into a bit of a rough area and I met a reasonably rough, colourful neighbour and I was talking to her one day and she told me about a, friend, a couple, of a friend of hers um, who was recently married, 
but the man she'd married is dying of cancer in their mid-30s. And, and it was really sad. And right at that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit just giving me another nudge, going, hey, psst, cross the lake. I want to cross the lake for him, through you. I'm like, yeah, Jesus, you go for it. He's like, no, 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 through you. So he didn't say it like this, but this is the, the sense. And so I said, hey, um, do you mind if I actually meet this couple? I'd love to meet this couple. Would they like to meet me? <laughs> How arrogant does that sound? But, it's, but a few days later, she got back to me. She's like, yes, he would like to. And so I uh, went out to their place, crossing the line, stepped over a curb I've never stepped over, knocked on a door I've never knocked on. And then this lady opens the door and into her place of walk, it was dimly lit, dark, heavy, depressed, atmosphere, thick, yucky. And you know when you feel that heaviness, you're just like, get me out of here. What can I do? You feel like you're swimming through tar. And then I look at this guy on the couch, and he's sitting there. His skin is yellow. He's got faded. He's an ex-biker with all faded old-school tattoos all over him, big creases in his face, years of pain that have just, like, contorted his face. And so I'm there just going, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do here? And all I thought was I've got two ears, one mouth. I just need to listen. So I listened, and he just poured out just years of heartache. You know, starting from when he, he saw his two-year-old daughter drowning in a pool. Or he didn't say his two-year-old daughter drowned in the pool. And he just told me about this pain he'd been through. I'm like, no wonder you've lived the life that you've lived, seeking for an answer in what this temporal world can offer you. And I'm like, what, what do I say to this? I'm like, oh, catches, I'm out. I don't know. But then I'm like, all right, I'll just share a bit of my story. And so I'll just share a bit of the pain that I've been through and how God has been able to lead me through that, not fix everything, but essentially, ultimately give me hope beyond the temporal into the eternal. And then after that, I was able to just say, would, would you like to get your hook, like your grappling hook? Would you like, I didn't say it like this, but would you like to put your hope, not in what you've been searching for in this life, but put your hope in eternal life? in Jesus and I was shocked when they both said yes I was like oh shivers didn't plan for that <laughs> what do I do now um, how do I pray again um, and, and let, just led them through a simple prayer Lord Jesus would you forgive me of my sin just give you my life put my hope in you amen and then this man three days later he died he passed away and right now I believe he is with Jesus fully healed fully healed come on Perfectly saying, clothed at Jesus' feet, healed, redeemed, awesome. You know, and I just think this is all about what we're talking about this Easter. We can get excited about it. This is all about how good Jesus is. Jesus loves so much. No one is too far for him. And Jesus is looking at us, going, Who will cross the lake? Who will cross the lines? for people that no one else has hope for, that no one seems like anyone could do anything about, but I want to cross the lake and I want to transform their lives. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 37, this little scripture talks about love, but this word love can be interchangeably used with the word God. Agape love. It talks about unconditional love. Think about the love of God. It says love never gives up. God never gives up on you or those that you know. God or love never loses faith. Never loses faith. 
Love of God is always hopeful, always hopeful. The love of God endures through every circumstance, no matter how impossible it seems, God's love endures. No far, no one is too far gone for God. And then number three, I want to encourage us not only to cross the lines that, that no one is too far for God, but also number three, you hold the keys. You hold the keys. All right, have I got keys in my pocket? Hey, thanks, Kobe. Here we go. Ready. He's ready. Academy student right there. Promotion. Give it up for Kobe. Woo, give it up for Kobe. Come on. He's, can you stand up for a bit, Kobe? Just stand up. Please just stand up. Just stand up. Nice and tall. Turn around. Say good day. That's it. Oh, look at him. Thank you, Kobe. <laughs> Mate, he has been phenomenal in Albany. He just moved up a few months ago and he's doing incredibly, incredibly well. Very, very proud of him. And he's single. So, um... This morning, I used keys to unlock the church, and I unlocked the door for everyone else to get into. Do you know that you hold the keys to someone's destiny? So Jesus stepped into his life. No one had plans for this guy. The only plan people had for this guy was that one day he'd be buried underneath the ground that he'd be walking on. That was that the extent. He, he didn't get top five most likely people in his graduating class to succeed in life. <laughs> he wasn't even at class. <laughs> But here Jesus came along, stepped off the boat into his life and unlocked the keys of destiny that no one thought was possible. See, get this. This is what I absolutely love about Jesus. See, this man encountered Jesus. And then it said this, As Jesus was getting into the boat to cross back to the other side of the lake, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. As you'd understand, he's like, I'm not leaving your side. He's like, get me out of this place. But Jesus sent him home saying, nah, good try. You want to live the safe life? Uh-uh, not when you're following me. You want to live the sanitized, comfortable life? Nah, not on my watch. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit the 10 cities, the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things that Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. This grave dweller was changed into a world changer because Jesus stepped into his life, not only healed him, got him clothed and perfectly sane, but set him off in a destiny that changed hundreds, maybe thousands of people's lives because Jesus saw in him what no one else saw in him. So can I just say, bring it individually to you. I don't know whether it's your first time to church tonight, if you've come to church a few times, maybe you've drifted from God for a while, maybe you've, thanks Kobe, look at that. Just a few things. Jesus actually did cross the lake for you. See, Jesus left heaven, the comfort of heaven, and he stepped into, he was with God. He was God, he is God. He limited himself to become a human being, a man born, the Virgin Mary, as a baby, to live a life of pain like you and I, so he could relate with us, so he could die on the cross to pay and die the death that you and I were meant to live so that you can be reconciled with God. God traversed from heaven to earth for you to know God, to be set free. You know, in this man was 10 cities, but all anyone saw was like a future dead corpse. You, know, you might not see the potential that's in you, but God does. 
And He wants to unlock destiny in your life. He sees the potential. Don't look at yourself based on your, the cover for where you're at in life right now. You know, when, when the prophet Samuel was hunting for the next king, he lined up 10 awesome brothers, big-looking, warrior-like people. But God said to him, don't judge by his appearance or heart. For the Lord doesn't say things the way that you see them. Don't judge people by what they look like or where they're at now in life. You see things differently as to what I see. Don't People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at what is within. He sees your potential. He sees prophetically who you actually are. And He wants to lift shame off your life and set you free so you can step into the destiny that God has for you. And let me tell you, all of us right now, you've got your car keys in your pocket, but let me tell you, you've got the you you literally carry the keys of destiny into people's lives. They might look like they've got it together, but you can unlock their destiny if you're willing to cross the lake, to cross the line, knowing that no one's too far, and you can unlock people's destiny. And so right now what I'd love to do is just to begin just to pray. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come. We're going to stand up in just a moment, but we're just going to create just a few moments of space just for us to, we, we've heard the word, we've heard God speaking to us tonight, but just, just now it's about opening up our heart and saying, God, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? You see, the disciples in one moment, they were completely ashamed of Jesus. They ran away from the Romans who were after, Je- after Jesus. They killed Jesus, they were going to kill them, and they, they, were, they cowered in fear. But after Jesus rose from the dead and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had the boldness to go where demons fear to tread but angels fear to tread and once they were fearful then they had no shame they're like kill me is that the worst you can do (laughs) make fun of me (laughs) whatever and i just believe in the holy spirit is going to break shame and fill us with god's love and fill us with courage and boldness as well so why don't we just stand up together this isn't about extrovert personalities this is simply about following Jesus. Following Jesus like the disciples stepped into the boat with Jesus and they went with him across the lake. And so why don't you close your eyes right now. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you lift your hands to God to begin to receive from him. Lord, in this moment, we thank you, Jesus, that you actually died to pay for our shame. So right now in Jesus' name, I just break shame in Jesus' name. Shame for things that people have done right now. Thank you that you've paid for it. Your blood cleans us. It clears us. So we break shame in Jesus' name. Because your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, of shame, Lord, but you've given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, Lord. And so right now, Lord, we break shame. We break fear. Lord, we do not permit fear to rob, to steal and kill and destroy or rob in Jesus' name. But right now, just receive a fresh infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit, of the love of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus' love that pursues people, that runs after people, that crosses lakes and lines for people, that sees destinies in people. Lord God, I thank You that right now, Lord God, You're giving prophetic eyes to people to see beyond the physical, to see beyond where people are at right now in their life, what they see in the physical eyes, Lord God, and that in people, that we would see cities, Lord God. We'd see nations. We'd see families. We'd see communities come to know You, Jesus. And so I thank You, Lord. Lord God, that as You fill us afresh with boldness and courage of Your Holy Spirit, Lord, that You open doors before us, God. Would You open our eyes, open our ears to hear 
your spirit's leading, God. And we just say once again, yes. Why don't you begin to say yes again to God? Yes, we say yes to you, God. Yes, we want to be available. Would you inconvenience us, Lord? We want to follow after your spirit, Lord God. We want the adventure of being available to you, of following you, Lord God, to the devil's domain, Lord God. We repent and turn from living a safe and a sanitized Christian life, Lord God. But we want to, we don't want a religious life, Lord God. We want a life of power. But we see your spirit moving through us, Lord, to set people free, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't we just spend a few moments just worshipping God together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just receive from Him as we worship. Thank you, Holy Spirit. sing it together. seen that a few couple times. Maybe you've drifted from God for a, a period in your life and you want to make the most of this opportunity to say, God, I want, I, want to, I want to put my hope in things that are eternal, not that are temporal. I want to be like that, that guy that gave his life 
to Jesus, right at the threshold of Him stepping into eternity. I want to begin a relationship with God. And in a moment, I'm going to lead us in a really simple prayer. And in this prayer, if you pray this from your heart, it's essentially saying, God, I thank you that you make me clean so I can know God because of Jesus. And God, I open up the door of my heart and I let you in to be my Saviour, but also to be my God, to be the one that I follow all the days of my life. So why don't you just close your eyes in this place. And in a moment, I'm going to say this prayer. And in a moment, I'm just going to ask you, so I know who I'm including in this prayer. And also, let it be like an outward sign of your trust in God, you reaching out to God. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand nice and high if that is if that is you tonight. And you want to say yes to God. I want to come back to you. or I want to begin a relationship. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you forward or anything like that in this moment. But I simply like to know who I'm praying with. I'm going to pray this prayer with you in just a few moments. We're all going to pray this together. But if that is you, why don't you put up your hand nice and high so I can see it. Don't worry about the people that are behind you, in front of you, left and to the right of you. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I'm coming back home. I'm following Jesus for the first time tonight. Maybe you're watching and listening online. We'd love to include you in this prayer as well. Thank you, God. Awesome. Hey, that's you tonight. Why don't you pray this prayer along with me? from your heart in this moment. We're going to pray this prayer together. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you love me and that you sent Jesus to die for me. I put my trust in you to forgive me of my sin and to give me eternal life. I invite you into my heart and promise to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray that I feel them, Lord, and everyone here fresh with the power of your Holy Spirit, God. And as we leave this place, we go out in the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. We all said, Amen. Amen. Can we just thank God one more time together? Come on. Praise Him like we mean it. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.